All right, everyone, welcome back. Uh, it's me and Alex here again, uh, Wilson with Inspire Beats, Alex with Inspire Beats, and today we'll be talking about how to prevent burnout as a sales guy. Right? Yeah. What are your thoughts, Alex? Well, so first let's cover some of the signs of burnout, right? So what is burnout? Um, and I was doing some research before this podcast, and I found this article from Psychology Today. Um, it was in the high-octane women category, but okay. burnout affects everybody. Um, so it's basically a state of chronic stress um, that leads to physical and emotional exhaustion, cynicism and detachment, feelings of ineffectiveness and lack of accomplishment. But more importantly, it makes you less effective at your job. Um, so that's why you'd want to prevent it. Some signs of burnout could be like forgetfulness. You know, you're losing track of what you're doing, loss of appetite um, and anger at everyone around you, which while I was doing research for this, I was mentioning I'm feeling a lot of <laughs> all the time. <laughs> well, hopefully Alex doesn't get burnt out, right? <laughs> but burn, burnout is a huge problem, especially in sales. I think sales people have the highest amount of burnout because the work that we do is it can be very frustrating. It can be very tedious and it's very repetitive, right? Uh, imagine just list building the entire time for four hours. Uh, yeah, sure, that might work for the first day, second day, maybe even a week or a month, right? But let's say you start to your second month and then your third month, you start to get tired, right? You're like, dude, I'm tired of this Excel sheet. I'm tired of guessing emails using full contact, right? I'm tired of just looking people up on LinkedIn. And you start to slow down and you start to hit your job. It, it's just terrible, right? Or the leads aren't coming in and then you get frustrated, you're not passing enough leads. If you're SDR, you're not passing on enough leads onto your account executives and you know people are giving you pressure, you're not hitting your quotas. Exactly, yeah, especially call. if you're not hitting your quotas. Um, I remember my first job was cold calling at a startup and I was right. cold calling, it was like 20 or 30 calls a day I had right. to make. And yeah, I felt super burned out after like the second month right. and my cold calls dropped. I think I was doing 20 to start and then I dropped down to like four a day for a while. <laughs> and I was like, hide from my boss and stuff. Like it was horrible. Right, so burnout is terrible. I yeah. mean, we're mainly talking about sales, right? Mm -hmm. But I think the second most in like the role that burns out the most is actually customer service mm. because people deal with these really annoying customers they get frustrated they get they get pissed off and um you know they have to hold it in then they start to hit the job and they hate themselves and they go home they're all grumpy and they put the anger on the family right we don't want to see that happen so we're mainly going to be talking about how or some tips to pretty much prevent burnout especially in the sales role mm -hmm. so what are your thoughts Alex? i would say the first thing Right. If you personally are a salesperson and you're starting to feel burnout, um, hopefully your job has to kind of like uh, environment where you can tell your boss about it. Right. Without feeling judged. Um, if you're not able to express that you have burnout, then all this other stuff won't even matter. Right. And sometimes is the pressure is also on yourself to actually go to your boss and tell him what is going on, what is happening and what is not. That is why I still encourage all sales team to have like weekly sales meetings and a lot of one-on-ones, right? One-on-ones are, are a lot easier nowadays because you can use apps like 15.5, uh, all these other uh, internal apps that allow you to kind of get feedback on your employees to see what is going on, what are they struggling with. And it's very important for a sales manager as well or like a VP of sales to understand what is going on with the team because the world does not revolve around deals. It does not revolve around just you, right? There's a team under you and it's really good to to be able to understand how to treat your team well and what are the main problems, right? Instead of just saying, saying uh, yelling at them and saying, hey, you're not hitting your quotas today, you're not hitting your quotas this month, you know, your, your sales are lacking. Instead of just being so harsh, go and understand what is the problem first. Is it because they have the lack of tools, you know? Are, are, they, are they doing the same grunt work again and again? Do they need to switch roles? 
you know, do people need to do more practice or do they just not understand the product well enough or any other reason, personal reasons, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the VP of sales or director sales, whatever, the manager pretty much should be able to come out and figure out what is going on, what is the main problem and go towards that to solve it. That's the first step, I would say. So let's do it as kind of a case study because I remember when we first were out in Bangkok, uh, me and me and Wilson went out to Dynamite Circle to, you know, jump around and that was the first time we were ever like hanging out full time. Um, but you were telling me about one of the early sales hires that you had and how when you were ramping him up, originally you were like running him really hard and like he got burned out. So you want to talk a little bit about that and how you dealt with it? Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not going to mention that person's name, yeah. right? But pretty much we hired him to do, uh, well, it was a little bit of mistake on my end. We had him kind of be like the full stack sales guy without dedicating him a role on SDR or AE or you know something like that. We just had him do everything from the list building to the outreach because we were a small team and we felt that everyone should wear every single hat. So uh, eventually there was a lot of pressure on him and I did not take the time to understand him to see what was his problems. And the problem actually came was that there was a lack of tools Right, we didn't equip him with the correct tools, and he didn't understand the product well enough. We didn't give him enough training. So when he came to calls, he was struggling, and each time he struggled, I got mad because uh, a potential customer could be, you know, pretty pissed off. And pretty much what happened was that I had to slowly understand his problems, and understand what was going on, what was lacking, and improve from there. So that helped a lot, you know, just talking to them and doing that. And then uh, I think another thing that helped a lot is when you start taking your team on like vacations or like on retreats, uh, just have them relax, you know. Uh, another thing that I learned from that is don't give them the hardest stuff first, you know. Uh, for example, if you want to bring in a rep to close the biggest deals, the most advanced enterprise type of deals, it's going to be very difficult. Right. You want to bring him in and kind of give him a sense of like accomplishment. Have him close more smaller deals uh, at a shorter amount of time, the, the deals with the shorter sales cycles, and that way he can feel a sense of accomplishment and move forward from there. How did you find out that he was burning out? What, what, did, what were the signs? What did it look like? Well, he was slowing down. Things were getting very frustrated uh, between both of us as well as a team. Everyone was getting pissed off at each other and it seems like he would, he came every day, you know, he just didn't feel like doing anything, right? It just felt like he was he was frustrated and grumpy the entire day. And that's not what you want to see in a team, right? So that's why I think. How'd you notice it though? Was there like a certain moment where it no, clicked? Or? It just added up. I would yeah. say it just added up and then it's just like, man, you know, like why is there so many frustration, right? Cool. Okay, so let's talk about some ways to prevent burnout. Cause that, you know, if, if you're listening to this, maybe you've been running into similar things, either as, you know, a boss with your team, seeing the numbers drop when they shouldn't be, or even, you know, as a salesperson yourself, seeing yourself being less efficient on the calls. So um, you, you mentioned company retreats. That was a good one. I know yep. we're about to we're about to go on one to Vegas <laughs> right now. <laughs> right. Just before the recording this thing. But uh, yeah, definitely retreats work really well. I mean, we see a lot of successful companies doing it. Right. But retreat is a one time thing. Right. It does. If the person hates the job and they go on a retreat, then they come back, they're going to feel like hell, right? It's going to be like a corporate job kind of thing. We don't want people to feel like that, but retreat really does help. I would say one of the most important things is, as I mentioned earlier, is to really understand both what are the goals, what are the KPIs, and what are the problems that we're experiencing. Okay, so let's jump inside the head of, let's say you're a, a director of business development, you know, 25-person startup. You've got like five uh, salespeople reporting to you. Um, and you want to organize like a company retreat, what are some things you can look at? 
uh, you, you gotta do some data analyze, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have to see have to see what the, the team is into. But I would say, uh, I mean, this definitely varies between team to team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like a trip to like Vegas. I mean, Barometrics. If you guys look at Barometrics blog, was probably one of the first ones that I came across that wrote openly about their uh, their company retreat. I thought they had a fun time. I think they just rented a house somewhere and got the whole team together and just had a great time, you know. Um, but I think people were still working during that time, so I'm yeah. not sure. But work is work. Life is life. If you can balance both, you will. You probably will not have that high of a burnout rate. And it also seems like it depends based on the company. So, like, for Inspire Beats, uh, we're not really a drinking culture. Like, a lot of companies, you know, they, they do like going out to bars and doing that sort of thing. So, on our Vegas trip, we're just doing fun stuff like running around and doing go-karts and that kind of thing. Right, machine guns. Machine man. gunning, machine gun, yeah. Jumping off, like, some indoor <laughs> skydiving. Right? right, so we're all, like, you know, adrenaline heads, I guess. Like, we found that, we find that fun. Right, but, right. Uh, but for bigger teams, it's definitely hard. Like, yeah. Definitely. I mean, imagine your team have, like, uh, like 40, 50 people. Uh, it's definitely harder to do that. But I still believe that uh, as like a CEO or founder of a company, you should definitely invest in these type of mini retreats to just kind of like, you know, recharge the team. Right. Another thing I would say is uh, if you figure out like maybe if the problem is, but maybe that specific person isn't just, isn't good or doesn't like list building, right? Then outsource that part. Right, yeah, delegating work. If Yeah, if somebody's doing work that they just absolutely hate, right? Um, yeah, they should probably be doing something else. Right, or, or maybe it's not what they're good at. Yeah. Right, so they're going to be uh, burned out. And uh, it, it really does go back to the manager understanding their, their employees. Yeah, that's really Use 15.5, you know, to get the internal feedback. What's 15.5? That's, that's an app that allows people to go and like, kind of get one-on-one feedbacks for the managers. If you guys are a bigger team, use it. Smaller teams, just go on one-on-ones. Yeah, cool. Definitely schedule like uh, one-on-ones with your team members. Use a calendar or something and just have them pick a time once a week and you know, just catch up and see what, what they're struggling with. How can you improve? Yeah. Right. How can you improve as a team and how can you improve as a manager? That's I remember uh, my last job when I was at Dom and Tom, uh, we, we, we used to do half-hour one-on-ones once a week with the managers, and that was super helpful you know, for expressing you know, what we were struggling with and then also setting goals and everything. Did it help a lot? It did. Um, I think it really depends on the manager. A couple of them were better than the other ones. Right. Some of them just went like, ah, oh, I just need to get this out of the way. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the next tip? Uh, next tip uh, is delegating work. So we kind of talked about that a little bit. Um, but basically what's worked for me is making a list of priorities, coming up with things that I know I need to do. So for instance, you know, marketing for, for Inspire Beats, I know I need to do podcast interviews. I know I need to do like the actual writing of the guest blogs, but things like, you know, sending the cold emails to book the interviews, I can find other people to do that, or actually coming up with lists um, and, and actually doing the prospecting. I, me and you found out early on that that is something I'm not very good at, is actually building the lists. Right, 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 right. That's a good thing, right? That's yeah. a good thing. But yeah, definitely delegating work is, is very important, right? Uh, you can always outsource some of the work, right? For example, if uh, if you figure out that this one SDR just really hates list building, Right, you can either outsource it to something like us, Inspire Beats. Uh, you can give them better tools for them to easily find it, or you know, I mean, hire like somebody overseas or something to help out. Just something to kind of let him focus on what he's actually good at and what he's passionate about. Yeah. Right. Uh, I would say the next tip is to make sure you switch around roles a lot. Mm. You know, like sales. There's a lot of things to do. Right. There's a lead research. There's a list building. There's an outreach. There's a prospecting. There's a follow up. Right. You switch things around. You know, don't have that person focus on one thing. Don't focus on cold calling one day. 
you know, just switch, switch it around every couple months. I think Aaron Ross talked a little bit about this in his book and how he assigned kind of like team managers mm-hmm. uh, to allow people to switch around. I think that works pretty well. They do it on an even bigger scale in enterprise. So, for yeah. instance, uh, I was talking to somebody who works at Honeywell, which is like a manufacturing company, right. and he said that every two years they completely change roles. So, like one year or one two years he's in marketing, then he just completely switches, and then he's in like operations, and then like he just keeps switching around like to completely different roles every couple of years. Yeah, very similar to like the management trainees, right? That come mm-hmm. out of college and then they go straight into these corporate worlds, uh, and they get to try every role to figure out what they're actually good at, uh, what are their their strengths and weaknesses, and what should they focus on. So switching roles work really well. Um, I think those are my main tips. Uh, another thing is to uh, go on sprint modes. That's what I like to do. Uh, so you sprint for like an hour, two hours, focus straight on work, and focus on one task at a time. So uh, let's say I wake up at, well, let's say I get in the office at like 9 a.m. in the morning, and I grab my cup of coffee. And from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. is a two-hour work frame. I'll just focus on list building, right? Right after that, I'll take like a 15, 20 minute break, maybe 30 minute break, whatever, and then go into a next task, right? That way you keep yourself going the entire day and the time soars by, you're always productive, you're always focused, and you're not all over the place. I do that too. Um, The Pomodoro technique is the more structured version of it, which I'm not a big fan of. It's 25 minutes on, five minutes off. Well, I don't like to time myself. Yeah, I don't time myself either, but we're looking at my to-do list here and basically I have, you know, each task lined up and I just like knock them out one, one at a time. You yeah. Know? So you can use Trello for this. You mm-hmm. can use a notepad. You can use Evernote, anything like that. But, uh, you know, not focusing on, on one single task for eight hours a day would definitely help you in the long run. And make sure you take breaks, have to take breaks, right? Maybe listen to some music while you're working, whatever it takes to relax you. And this goes back to, you know, every individual, right? What they're good at or what, what, what makes them happy, what makes them relax and go towards that. One thing you said yesterday that I found really useful is if you have flexible work, like maybe you're a remote employee or something, is you can structure your work time around around being more productive. So for instance, you said work for like four hours in the morning, then like go see a movie or go take a nap or take a couple hours, you know, go to a meal and then come back and then work for another four hours and, and break it up like that. Right, right. Or maybe just not classifying work as work, mm-hmm. right? Don't think of work as work because... I think nowadays, especially with modern day, you know, like startups, modern tech, is we should be happy with what we do. Time is our most valuable resource for anybody, not just sales, for anybody in the world, right? Take advantage of it and do what you love. If you're not passionate about it, go try something else. Right. Even if that means changing jobs. Yeah, it does. <laughs> well, I think, is that it for now? That's or? it, yeah. Okay, so that wraps it up for this one. You know, I'll see you guys in the next one. You can follow me on Twitter at WilsonPang8. And I'm Alex Berman on Twitter. Or you can just go alexberman.co. It goes to my LinkedIn. Okay, perfect. <laughs> All, right. All right, take care, guys.